Mr. Davey Wavy. Welcome. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. How's it going? Pretty good, man. Uh, had a pretty rough day today, but uh, it's all fine and dandy now that we're going to talk about you know what. Damn right. One of the best fine films of all time for today on the Sci Fi Philosophy Podcast. Me and Davey Wavy are going to be discussing RoboCop. I don't know That's about all right. things, mainly like the, the first film, I guess, is like the jumping off point, but we'll see where the conversation goes. There's a lot, there's a deep well where RoboCop is concerned and a lot of uh, properties to cover. So, I mean, they're like, I could go for hours on just the first one. Well, that's, yeah, that's mainly what I'm about. Like, I've seen, like, you know, one, two, and three, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, then there was, of course, the cartoon in the 80s. Oh, yeah. It was also, and, uh, like, TV show, or it was a Canadian produced TV show in the 90s or maybe early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, no, for it sure. Was it was definitely the 90s because I was a little kid. Um, oh, 90s, yeah, yeah. And they had like the Prime Directives movies, which were kind of a spinoff of that, and then the remake, and probably well, I mean, there's the game coming out later this year, which I'm, I'm so so hyped for that. It looks like a giant bloodbath, just like the first movie. Hell yeah, and you know, <laughs> it's Paul Verhoeven. Oh yeah, what a what a resume on that guy. He's he's made some interesting films, but RoboCop is probably the first one of his that put him on the map for me. Same here, for sure. Yeah. Because then you get, like, you know, Total Recall after that a couple years later, uh, Showgirls, friggin' Starship Troopers, Hollow Starship Man. Troopers, yeah. Which yeah, I man. saw, I saw Starship Troopers for the very first time at the Cinesphere at Ontario Place. Oh, really? Yeah, me and a bunch helped. of friends went. It was awesome. They actually played that. I can yeah. imagine the chapter scene would have been fun. It was, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Dude, like that. Oh, man, I got to rewatch that one. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, yeah that's another there. one where the, the that's another one where the first one is the best. I think I saw they were making a Starship Troopers video game as well recently. That would be fun. I don't fun. know if it's ever happened, but uh, I'd be down for that. That'd be hella fun. For sure. Yeah. But Robocop. Paul Verhoeven's 1987 masterpiece, ultraviolence, all the wonderful things about it. But, you know, philosophically speaking, there's a lot to unpack in that movie. There's a shit ton to unpack about it. Uh, Not even philosophically, just in general. Politically, like, you know, societally, like it's, well, I mean, okay. For anybody who's never seen RoboCop, first of all, you're living under a rock and you need to go watch RoboCop, uh, the original. Though the the remake, I, I think it has its own charm and is interesting in its own way, but an inferior product. I so, agree. I agree. I I did highly enjoy it, though. I, like, I watched it like, German I think movie. like four or five cool. times. Oh, yeah. Like Michael yeah. Keaton handed that movie up. Yeah, I did. But, uh, like, 1987's RoboCop takes place in, uh, I don't think they ever give, like, a year. It's just kind of a dystopian future Detroit or old Detroit uh, that is mostly owned by a corporation, OCP, Omni Consumer Products, who now owns and runs the police 
in this like dystopian future Detroit that is just riddled with awful crime and like everything is skid row and you got your suburbs and stuff, but the cops are run by a corporation and they are a for-profit corporation. Now, do you think that kind of is where we are at today? Uh, I definitely think that in the world of today, um, of the 100 most financially, or I forget the exact statistic of what I'm talking about, but like the 100 most powerful financial entities, more than 50 of them are corporations now, rather than countries or governments. So, sure. yes, we are definitely in a world where, like, I mean, we're in the world where corporations are running more than they should be, but we've yeah. known that forever. And, you know, this movie was kind of like, you know, it was a canary in the coal mine at the time, just saying like, hey, this is where we're heading. And I mean, the whole movie sort of centers around, uh, well, not the movie, but the, the series in general deals with uh, the gentrification of old, old Detroit and turning it into Delta City. Yeah. Which like that, that's heavily, you know, more in the third one, uh, which is unfortunately not a very good movie because like, no. there was actually really cool stuff about it like he got his like gun arm a jet pack and like cch pounders like the homeless ladies like helping out the two but, uh the two ninja robots oh yeah and like the oh the jaw thing oh man yeah this ninja <laughs> robot is crazy it wasn't too bad honestly i didn't well, mind it they, they you know peter weller wouldn't do it no but I don't even know who, who, what was it, Robert something or other? Robert Robert John Burke, who was also right. in Thinner. This is the lead of Thinner. Right, okay. And the only reason he got it is because he had a similar lower half of his face because that's all he has to show. Right, I, it's funny because you, you, you asked me if I forgot about this today. And I was like, no, I was talking to everybody at work about RoboCop and how I was going to go on a podcast tonight and talk about RoboCop, right? Hell yeah. This older guy that I work with, and he said he saw it only once when it first came out. I okay. said, "No, man, you gotta you gotta rewatch that shit." And I was hyping yeah. it up for him again, right? He's like, "Yeah, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it." And then I was doing the um, impersonation of RoboCop to my buddy when he first, uh, you know, remembers about his wife and child. Okay, and he, yeah. he, he does that face where he's all pissed off, and he's like. Huffing and he's like punching the TV screens in the in the uh, house that's on for show. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was doing that impersonation there, but he's fucking laughing. But like, oh man, it's such a good movie, and the director's kind of so much better. It's one of those movies that, uh, like, you know, there's no credits, right? It's just title card, RoboCop. Here's yeah. Detroit, RoboCop. Boom, and then and then the and then the news the news comes up. Yeah, and it's just world building. And all, and actually, I mentioned this to you the other day. Actually, that media break totally called the TikTok world because they're like, you know, you give us three minutes and we'll give you the world. Exactly. Yep. And it's just like just snippets of stuff, and like the world building in the movie is great. Like you got uh, the "I'd buy that for a dollar" guy. What was the like? I think the show's supposed to be called like "It's Not My Problem." Yeah, or whatever. Or like Snidely Bixley or something. Uh, Bixby Snide Snyder. <laughs> I don't know. 
But whatever. It's just that I'd buy that for a dollar guy. And everybody knows who that guy is because even the criminals, they know. And that's the thing. It's the wonderful thing about it is like everybody knows like the cops are watching it. Uh, like the criminals are watching it on their couch. Like they're, they're watching it uh, in the grocery store or like, you know, that uh, convenience store that they're holding yeah. up. Yep. Playing on there. It's just all over. But like the world building is great in this movie. And that, that, that's it's, another thing that like it's I think that's definitely Paul Verhoeven's hand in the thing. Yeah, because he didn't write the movie, but he's definitely wonderful with the world building because it happened in um, what Total Recall. Though, like, well, I mean, it's an entirely different world, but like they have like little snippets of media stuff in uh, Starship Troopers and like little news cuts and like just like the the propagandistic media, uh, heavy-handed media is like a big thing in his movies for sure, and also in yeah. Verhoeven has this kind of trademark style where he always shows the propaganda and especially in Starship Troopers. Yeah, but like, you know, there's like ads, like they've got like the the friggin' like fake heart and stuff and uh, saying like, oh yeah, but you know, remember, we care. This (laughs) this guy knew what was up a long time ago. Then there was the 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 ad for the the guy who tries to rob the car and he gets That's electrocuted. In the second one. Yeah, yeah oh, the, the second uh, one. Shit. Yeah, that was. Um, I think they were kind uh, of playing off Verhoeven's style, though. Yeah, and I swear. The wait, what? Uh, John Glover was in one of the ads in one of the movies. I think it was the first one. Dang. Okay. Well, now I'm going to start thinking about it, and we're going to have dead air. But uh, basically, getting to the point, though. Yeah, we got, um, I don't like, there's so many questions I have written down here and I don't even know where to start, but you know, we got like the ethics of artificial intelligence. The fact that, you know, Alex Murphy, right? He's a cop. He's got a family, a wife and kid. And he's like new guy on the job. First day out, gets himself like murdered horribly by thugs and red foreman. And, uh, <laughs> And they're just like, hey, technically he's our property and we can do what we want with him. So we're going to put, you know, we're, we're going to put his brain into a cyborg body. Because he's our property and if a cop doesn't have to sleep, well, that's just more profits, son. Absolutely. And this goes for one of the most traumatizing movie experiences I've ever seen well, you probably saw it. Well, I mean, like, I saw this movie when I was probably eight or nine years old. Yeah, I was about six or seven. How would that be possible? I don't know. When, when did you see it? Well, I saw like, it when I was, like, you know, probably, like, the year after it came out, when it was on TV or something like that. But, I mean, it came out in 1987. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I was, like... You might have been like eight, nine, oh, ten. Probably eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be impressed if you saw it before it existed. <laughs> I get dates wrong now, like getting older. I'm like getting mm. fucked up in the head. Well, it all runs together. It's like, you know, whatever. It's all, like this is 40 years ago or whatever. Or, yeah, 35 years ago. There you go. Yeah. We're bad at math. We're old. Oh, my God. But, but still, trauma stays with you, man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, I'm, yeah, I'm. Big, big on uh, 
Well, I'm currently reading um, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. I've ever read that one. It's full okay. of horrifying stories. And, uh, well, it's, it's all about trauma and the healing of trauma. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so the, tra- the traumatic scene... The hand. When I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the quote was, um, you see, I don't cops like don't... cops. Oh, yeah, cops don't like don't me. Like... And I don't like cops. Me, 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 Oh, man, and in the director's cut, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's, but to the point where it's actually hilarious because it's so over the top, that's one thing I definitely noticed about the uh, the director's cut versus the original one that I saw growing up because I went and sought out the director's cut, you know, for research. And, yeah, it, it smacked a little difference, especially the scene in the boardroom with, like, the yes. X-09 demonstration. Yes. That's what it, gave it an X rating. Yeah, they, they cut a lot out of it, apparently, because, like, you know, not only does it, like, blast the hell out of him, like, a hundred times while he's standing there, then he falls over, and then it continues to, like, pump bullets into him, and just, like, it's comedic blood splatters everywhere, and, you know, everybody's just sitting around, and then the CEO of the company is just like, Dick, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> That's all he says. Yeah, and it's just like no wonder. Like, and the, and the CEO, his credit in the movie is the old man. He doesn't even get a name, right? But he gets some good. You know, he gets a few good lines, and they're basically just like, "I'm very disappointed." And what's your name, son? And that's basically it. Oh, you got you, you forgot, Dick. You're fired. Oh, thank yes. you. Yes, and then and then his comically long arms out the window. Yes. Ah. what a film like (laughs) well i don't know all of my notes here are sort of about like the -the over-the-top ridiculousness of it like okay you remember the scene where um he goes into the convenience store that's being held up at that moment and he just knows it because he's robocop right of course and uh then he like bends the guy's gun and then the guy goes to run right and he like clotheslines clotheslines him yeah but somehow in clotheslining the guy that makes him fly 12 feet forward in the air <laughs> and the into fucking window. broken fridge. <laughs> like, if you watch that scene, the fridge is already broken when he flies into it. Oh, shit, I didn't notice that. Yeah, like, the, the glass is, like, already broken. That was the stuntman's call, I guess. Yeah, probably, to make break it break the glass first, I don't... I'm just like, physics don't work like that. These movies are kind of ridiculous back in the day. But the (laughs) aim is, ah, it's a wonderful time. But I love the sound when he clotheslines them. You hear like, (laughs) fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. No, I like the, the, the sound effects, the soundtrack, everything about like the aesthetic, the costume. The, the look of old Detroit, though I did make a note that uh, everything looks old and busted except for the police uniforms. Those are brand new every time. Everybody's yeah. got a brand new uniform. 
you know, at first I'm like, oh, okay, well, he's new, right? But no, and like, you know, Officer Lewis, she's looking brand spanking new, but the cars are old and busted. They can't wash those. What's the point? It's old Detroit. Right? <laughs> but, you know, it's like social justice aspects of it where they're trying to deal with old Detroit and clean up the crime so that they can come in and just buy up everything and gentrify. Yes. That is their goal Mm -hmm. uh, as the corporation. And I think they kind of brought that a little bit more heavy-handed in the remake. Yes. Where, you know, they were sending out, like, uh, drones and other robotics in, in like, the Middle East, right? In, like, war zones. Yeah. yeah. The question behind the the remake was basically like, okay, if a robot kills a person, who's responsible? Right. That's basically the question behind the remake. But this one is more so like, you know, it, it was a simpler time. We could just be like, what if we put a guy in a robot? And what right. if like, he remembered he was that guy, but he was the robot? Wouldn't that be crazy? And yeah, it's fucking crazy. It is fucking but, crazy. But like, you know, what? what I don't know. What's uh, what do you think uh, the concept of like being a cybernetic police officer, right? What, like, you can't be human when you're a robot, right? <clears throat> well, this is where the transhumanism thing comes yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Because right? they're they're yeah. like, you know, okay, like you know, and, and even and they deal with it a little bit in the second one, where like the wife keeps coming to visit him, and yes. he has to be like, "I don't know you. I'm yep. a robot. I don't remember you. I'm not." And he's Alex he's, Murphy. he's he's actually like repressing his own yeah, yeah. memories yeah. so that he can't be with her because they he can't be with her. Yeah, because he's not a person. Yeah. And, oh, and the re- I, I remember in the remake that shot where they like you know break it down to like he's just like lungs and like a head. Yes. And he's just like okay, all right, put it back, put it back. I liked I liked how um, I think it was Michael Keaton. Was it mm. Michael? No, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman said to him, "Yes, Norton. Uh, give him the best antidepressants you can possible. Yeah. Right. Inject him full of that, so he's not like." fucking oh, down really? and like remembering his family and he can, oh, he can be more of like a um he can be more of in a uh what's manic state so he doesn't yeah. have to deal with his past loss mm. and then, well man Gary Oldman was so good in that yeah he was well like he like you know he he, he tried to be such a good dude even though he's responsible for all of it because he did it but you know he's like trying to help people like rehab and play guitar and stuff yeah so that's how they set him up and it's just like hey all right now we're gonna make like uh we're gonna put a human brain in a robot so that uh, it can be a person that kills people and not just a robot yeah and like you know, people don't like it when robots kill people but they're fine with it when it's like it's a cop he's a hero Ooh. <laughs> yeah what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you think? Do you think that, like, if this thing actually existed, <clears throat> this product, let's call it? Well, that, you, that's what they you, say. It's, it's an omni-consumer product. Right. And would, you be, would you be okay with that? 
well like define okay like you know would i be okay with being that product probably not (laughs) yeah but you probably would i be okay with that product existing it probably already does and i don't know well that's the thing there's all there's already these kind of robotic police people in dubai oh and they drive hover bikes and shit really yeah Oh, see, and I'm of the mind that, like, you know, hey, are you holding a cell phone right now? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're effectively a cyborg. Right. And I mean, do you that, think that, do you that's think what's that going has... on. Everybody walking around looking at their phone all the time? Come yeah. On. Yeah. We're effectively in the Matrix. We are, for sure. It's just, you know, the Matrix light. And wait till we got headsets on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love VR. Don't get me wrong; like VR games are great, but uh, I, I, I am not. Well, actually, I've gotten into uh, like those uh, Horizons is like the Meta Spaces or whatever. It's kind of like uh, just experiences. Like, there's anything under the sun. You can go to a comedy club. You can go walk around in Rome, or like go visit this place or that. And it just basically is like a 3D environment you can explore, and it's kind sure. of cool. But it's, you know, it's not real life. Right. But, yeah, I, I think we're heading towards the world of, uh, like, say, Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. Like, the Oasis. That's what Mark Zuckerberg is trying to do. Pretty much. And all the other billionaires are just trying to go to space. And he's just like, nah, I don't want to go to space. I'm going to make the <laughs> metaverse. He's the whiny, whiny child of the elite. I don't know. I think he's okay. Like, you know, he, 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 he's so much, like he could be so much worse than he is. I, I feel like he's a guy who is, he was just a weirdo, but he's trying to do his best to do what he thinks is the right thing. Right. And I, I don't think he's necessarily like awful and evil, but he's still slinging too much power. Sure. Like I, I, yeah, back to Robocop. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I don't know. We, I, sorry, I feel like I just like interrupted the flow. Um, no, it's okay. It, we there is a thing called tangents, and those are okay. That is true. Yeah, I'm just trying to like bring it back. I guess I am. I'm a terrible host. I'm not. I'm not a hosty host, but uh, I don't know. Like, it, it's just sort of like a commentary on uh, like the nature of authority and power say because it's like okay does ocp have the right to take a dead guy and put it into a product even though there's bits of humanity still in there and you know sure those bits of humanity ended up saving the day and like him remembering who he was kind of brought about the plot point of like okay i'm gonna go chase down all these guys that murdered me horribly because i got this spiky middle finger thing that uh Oh God! I just got horrible images of what that could do. Um, uh, into computers. <laughs> oh my! Jesus! I love so how cool. he like flips the guy off. Yeah, that was pretty like cool. you can't like, be in here. He's like, <laughs> watch me, watch me R two D two this shit. <laughs> and then he's st- like, they've got like databases of like bits of people's faces. Yeah. I like that. In the eighties. Come on. Yeah, dude. Like, although if that's what cops were working with in the 80s, everybody's got access to that kind of thing now. It's kind of weird in the in the in the passage of time thinking about what they thought of the future. 
like the 6,000 yeah, FUX. But back then, they probably had like an or like some kind of technology that was they thought that that's where it was headed, right? Oh, yeah, like the 6,000 SUX. <laughs> sports car that goes really fast and gets really shitty gas mileage. <laughs> and then the commercial with the dinosaur. Hell yeah. <sighs> God damn it. 6,000 SUX. So funny. <laughs> Sucks. <clears throat> Didn't they get one? The The criminals got one, right? Yeah, they all got The them. guy pulled up with one? Yeah. yeah they, all, they all got them. Still got the factory sticker on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, with their, like, giant 50 cal, like, Cobra, like, monster guns. Cobra gun. State-of-the-art bang-bang. I like it. Point. Yeah. But, like, dude, Kurtwood Smith, Red Foreman, of like that 70s show knocked it out of the park as a bad guy he was one of my favorite all-time villains ever in any movie dude he's definitely like that one stands out for me as that dude is just pure evil and there's nothing good about him except that he likes the tigers i guess (laughs) the tigers are playing tonight My favorite line from Clarence Boddicker. Bitches, leave. That one and book him. What's the charges? He's a cop killer. Just give me my fucking phone call. Yeah. Just give me my fucking phone call. He spits the blood out on the fucking sheet. Yeah. That's great. Those cops are run by a corporation. Yeah, it's pretty and they're wild. all pissed. They're all pissed off too. Eh? They want to strike at the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They want to have a strike. They're in there, and Murphy's like, "Fuck you guys! I'm a fucking cop now, and I transferred here, and I'm ready to fucking go kick some shit." Yeah, and then, and then he goes out there like, and gets fucking killed. Well, he goes out there, and like you know, first of all, first day on the job, right? You're a cop, and you're in public, just spinning your gun like it's a cool thing to do in public. Oh, my kid watches this show, so I'm TJ Laser. Yeah, I'm spinning my gun in public, and I'm a cop. That doesn't seem procedural. (laughs) (laughs) Something about that feels wrong. But I mean, like RoboCop's first time out, he's like on his first night out. He's freaking like murders a guy and like, you know, shoots another guy in the dick. <laughs> Fucking clotheslines a guy and defies physics. And like all that in one. Oh, yeah. And then, um, wait, does he run into Emil that night at the gas station with like the, the cigarette? We killed you. I think you, that man. is his first shit. Yeah. Yeah. We killed I you. I think that was. You're dead. And he just got that from him saying something, right? That's a little weird. Let's just let's let's be real though here, Brad. All he's obviously people... not. He's he's obviously not a college boy or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bookworm, open up. <laughs> so, let's be real though. The people hmm. that RoboCop pretty much just fucking annihilates. Oh yeah, they deserve it. 
Well, they deserve I mean, it, right? That, that dude probably deserved to, you know, like, you know, I, I'm not sad about him getting shot in the dick, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm of the mind that people don't deserve harm. Really? This is where the philosophical questions start coming in. Yeah. Like, should he just take them in? Or is he just like... Well, if he's kinda... a cop, he should follow police procedure and not be like right. Judge Green Executioner. Right. I mean, they were shooting at him or something, so I mean, returning but... fire or self-defense or whatever, but I mean, if you're a robot that can't be killed, as a different story, he could probably subdue him pretty easily without using lethal force, which was a big thing in the TV show, was like he, you know, he wasn't allowed to use lethal force because Canadian TV... <laughs> But the thing is, though, the well, movie okay the it. movie makes these characters oh, so the, the, these characters are so fucking despicable that you're cheering Robocop on, right? Absolutely, they're clearly bad guys, and it was yeah. the 80s, and there were good guys and bad guys. Even though it's a movie that sets up all of these subtleties in society of like, okay, corporations versus government control, fucking uh, like you know can a person be a robot or like, you know, what does it mean to be human? Like there's a lot of weird philosophical threads to be pulled in this movie, but at its, you know, on the face of it, it's just this like gory, not for the squeamish, hilarious, ultra violent, ridiculous schlock fest. <coughs> I ran out of breath there, but like, it's like, it's just such a wonderful piece of cinema that Which still I, holds like, up to this fucking day. Absolutely, it does, and I hope they make more of them. Though not not the new one. <laughs> I really hope they. I really hope they just like bring back like you know like do a CG one. I don't care, but like you I... know make make a good uh, RoboCop story because like those Prime Directive movies were cool. They brought in uh, John Cable, who was like the you know black RoboCop, I guess. Oh shit! I didn't. I, I never seen those. They're pretty good because you should watch uh, those. Yeah, I. I I haven't seen them since like the early 2000s, I think is when they happened, but they were like four made for TV movies called prime directives. And the story centered on, uh, they make another RoboCop. And it's there's not two Alex them. Murphy. Yeah. There's Alex Murphy and John Cable. Oh, okay. Okay. But and, I think like Alex Murphy's like on the run and they make another one to go get him or something. I, probably way off on that i haven't seen it in 20 years so i i remember very little of those but that seems to be what the deal was if i remember correctly now i want to look it up but i'm not gonna yeah i want to i want to i want to watch it that's for sure oh yeah no they're good movies i remember like i still like lived at home and stuff like i remember watching those like when i got a tv in my bedroom or something like that when i was like a teenager Nice. Good times. I, I actually had a RoboCop action figure that on the back of it caps. had an opening. It had yeah. You yeah. put a, ca a band of caps in it and you, see, yeah, you flick the switch and you. Bow, 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 bow. I can not smell the, Not the safest toy for a kid. No, but it was cool. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, but it was like the it was the cat. It wasn't the like the ones in the plastic rings that went in the revolvers or whatever. It was like just that strip, like a paper, uh, like paper. the red, the paper red strip that 
You know, you just put it on the thing, pops the cap, you smell awful smoke for a few seconds. Yeah. And good luck getting more when you when you run out of them. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you can get those at like any dollar store anywhere. I could never find any more. <laughs> oh, not now. I'm sure you could find rolls. No, no. Paper. I mean, back then, I I ran yeah. out of my the one it, the ones it came with. I could never find any more. Yeah, I think I, I have that one as well, and I think it pissed me off that the gun just sort of stuck into his leg with one of those peg things, and it didn't actually go into his leg. Right. Because I'm like, it's RoboCop. It doesn't, it doesn't just sit on the side of his leg. What are you trying to push on me? It opened up and it went. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, what do you want from a $6 action figure, kid? And I'm like, right. I don't understand what that means. I'm a kid. <laughs> I want accurate toys. <laughs> you know, give me some more caps. Oh, man. I had the car, too. But it was, that was one. Those were ones from the cartoon show. I don't remember if his, his helmet actually came off or his head came off and you put another nope. head on. No, it was the helmet. The helmet, off. okay. Like the top yeah. of it, yeah. Yeah. So I was so like reading awesome. there and I got like dead air and reading. No dead air. Keep going. Yeah. But okay, so what do you think of the movie magic and the matte paintings of old top, Detroit. Top notch. Yeah, man. Because they filmed it in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. No, man. That you, blows you can my go, mind. Can, I didn't know that. No, you can you can go to OCP headquarters in I think it's Austin, maybe, but somewhere in Texas. I'm not sure if it was Austin, but. The OCP headquarters is just the bottom of the OCP building that they put a matte painting on. That's awesome. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, Peter Weller was um, <clears throat> losing like three pounds a day. Oh, when probably he was filming he was that. Probably, yeah, probably super duper warm in that but, suit. But they did eventually install an air conditioner inside the suit. For him. Yeah, a little fan. That's fucking crazy, dude. Well, it probably took like two hours to get in and out of the thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I hope they, like, you know, gave him a tube or something to pee or whatever. <laughs> Unless he was like Iron Man, he just pissed inside of it. Oh. <laughs> so when, when, um, when Peter Will or people, let's say Peter Will, Alex Murphy, mm. when he was, um, you know, getting rushed to the hospital and everything. Yeah, and somehow was a, still alive, even though he'd been shot a bajillion times and through the face. <laughs> right, that was a real hospital trauma team. Mm. And their, their di- yeah, their dialogue was all ad libbed or mostly ad libbed, ad libbed. Yeah, no, but it sounds like they, the one thing about that scene that I remember very much as a kid and took note of when I watched it the other day is I like that makes total sense because the team is just like totally detached from the horror in front of them, right? Like they're not like, oh my God, this guy's been messed up or whatever. They're just like, okay, okay, push, you know, pushing adrenaline, all right, we've done all I can. We've done all yeah. I can. Call it. That's it. And, We're good. Just like you know, cold, calculated, uh, <clears throat> like 
medical procedure. Whereas the police procedure in this movie is fucking bonkers. Yeah. But it's a it's a for-profit police force run by a corporation that wants to replace everybody with robots. So Yeah. And not not just not just the Delta City though, but like in the remake it was the like the world, right? Yeah. They were they had global global aspirations. Well, I think it was uh, the problem was that they were using robots uh, over in like Iraq or whatever it was in the movie. um, And it like accidentally kills a kid. And they're like, okay, well, we need to put a guy into a machine to be able to do this stuff. Because people don't want a machine like, you know, people won't accept a machine. It has to be partially human. Right. So they're like, you know, give it a give it a, give it a hand so he can shake hands. You know? Whereas and, which I think that was kind of a nod to the original where they were like, you know, oh, we could save the hand. It's like, no, yeah. I thought we were talking about like total prosthesis. Get rid of everything. Lose the arm. But they still have his fucking head. It's true. Well, they put the brain in there. And ah, uh, the sequence where they're like, you know where he goes from Alex Murphy to becoming RoboCop and they just like, he wakes up every so often and there's like a new year's party going on or there's uh, you know, a test going on that's going wrong or they're screwing something onto his face. And then eventually it's just like, okay, we're showing him off. Yeah. Go Robo. You know, go Robo. Uh, oh, fucking M- Miguel Ferrer and Ray Watt like dude the cast of this movie is just everybody knocks it out of the park and I love everyone so much because they just like they don't even overact it it's like everybody just put in the perfect performance for what they were doing right so you got like Bob Morton uh Miguel Fair who's just like he's an up-and-coming like corporate ladder climber guy who's trying to you know you know, he's like biting at the heels of like the big old guys, like the old white men. He's like the new up and comer who's, you know, maybe a little too big for his britches. He's like, I've got this Robocop program. I'm very ambitious. I've got everything ready to go. Whereas Ed 209 is just this big monstrous flop that can't fucking walk downstairs. Right. And is like killing guys right in the boardroom. And it's a glitch. He, he totally. You call Bob Morton totally. Bob Morton totally lucks out. Well, not really. Well, you know what? what well, the big, big I mean, like, part and all. when it comes to RoboCop, like, if it wasn't for Bob Morton, RoboCop wouldn't exist, right? It's true. And if it weren't, and oh man, like, that's another thing that they cover heavily in the second one is that like Alex Murphy was just he was a good dude. And that's why it worked. Yeah. Because he was a good dude because everything else they tried in the second one, like, I don't know, I'm thinking of like the the fucking like skeleton that takes off its helmet and just kills itself. <laughs> <laughs> they're just all, like, the, you know, we all the failures they, that you see. Yeah, because like everybody went insane because being turned into a robot would drive you insane. Right. And so they eventually just turn a crazy, like, you know, power hungry drug dealer into like this monstrous thing that runs on the drug he's peddling. That was wild, man. Dude, that's the movie that made Frank Miller hate Hollywood. Really? Well, yeah, he wrote it. 
Oh, right. And they bastardized they, they bastardized his movie so much he was like, I'm never gonna make a movie ever again. From the director of Empire Strikes Back, Robocop 2. That's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. From, yeah, from the director of Empire Strikes Back and the big chill. <laughs> uh, and the writer of the fucking Dark Knight Returns like series and yeah he took a foray into hollywood and got burned by it horribly and they actually put out his original vision as a comic book so if you've ever read uh, like the robocop by frank miller comic book that's what he wanted to do for the second movie wait are you saying frank miller directed empire strikes back no i'm saying irvin kershner directed uh, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay 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 gotcha, he directed gotcha. robocop too but wrote, frank miller wrote it okay 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 Cool. Okay. And hated the experience so much. He was like, I'm never doing another movie ever. That's wild. Well, that movie was kind of bonkers. Oh, it totally was. Remember, dude, the kid always freaked me out. The kid always freaked me out. I'm like, as a kid watching Robocop 2, I was like, this kid's fucked. Yeah. But, like, you know, you think about, like, acting. And there was a guy. The there was a guy I went to school with in elementary school that reminded me of that kid. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, he had that '90s haircut, so mm-hmm. sounds about right. Too funny, man. Yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed RoboCop too. It's uh, it's definitely like an inferior sequel, but it took the idea and it explored it in interesting and different ways. Like, you know, what if somebody hacked him and made him stupid? Right. Or, like, got him to do what they wanted to do and stuff. Because, like, you know, okay, he's still partially human and has some humanity in there, but he's also a machine that runs on programming. So it explored that pretty heavily. And I mean, like, the first one had, like, Directive 4 as kind of like a, like a deus ex machina thing where they're like, oh, okay, yo, you better arrest me. Oh shit! Yeah, by the way, I put in your programming that you can't arrest me, and right. you're gonna shut down now. Even though he didn't shut down, he just kind of had a hard time for a while. But maybe that's you know partially the humanity fighting back. Who knows? Like it's never really explained all that well in the movie. It's left very ambiguous. Well, it's but like it's... a failsafe for OCP, right? Like the, he can't oh, yeah, eliminate it was a anybody. It's, it's supposed to result in shutdown. But he right. doesn't shut down. Ah, yeah, him. there you go. Yeah, and then he ends up like you know getting shot so up by the so cops. So his human stuff. side, who knows it's fucking wrong, is fighting against it, so he doesn't completely shut down. Exactly. That's why I'm like, you know, it's yeah. ethics of like cybernetic organisms or whatever. It's like how much of you is human, you know? Yeah. How do you know? Uh, like, I don't know, organ donations and stuff. It's like, how, how do I know my soul isn't in my kidney or something? And like, you know, I don't know. I, I'm also of the mind that uh, organs have memories. And like, I've read uh, crazy stuff about like, you know, people having like heart transplants and like, you know, an eight year old girl gets a heart transplant from a 10 year old and uh, starts getting nightmares and solves a murder. Right. They have that movies like that happened. where like somebody gets an eye transplant and then they're they're uh, or, uh, like VHS VHS two, I think it was. 
guy gets an eye transplant, and then like he's seeing ghosts. Oh yeah, probably stuff like that. I don't remember that from VHS too, but I remember the eye with uh, Jessica Alba was kind of about that. Or um, out of sight. What was it? J Lo movie. Uh, Yeah. What was it? Uh, Back to you, or there there was a movie with uh, David Duchovny and Minnie Driver where she gets like a heart transplant from his wife and they fall in love in the end or something? I don't think I saw that one. Or Return to Me? Return I, to rem- me? I don't think I saw that one, but I do remember mm. thinking Minnie Driver was fucking absolutely beautiful. Oh yeah, man. She was the best in uh, what was it? She was in uh, GoldenEye for about five seconds singing Stand By Your Man in like a weird German accent or Russian accent. <laughs> She's cool. Yeah, she's hot. Is she like I haven't seen what is she still acting? Um I haven't seen her in anything in forever. Her latest was um fuck was it called? Uh Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh <laughs> The Lesser Dead. Hmm. Uh, it's a series. Okay. Uh, she is also in Rosaline. Oh, she's in The Witcher, Blood Origin. Oh, I didn't watch that. I heard it sucked. That was, the, I think, the second season, right? No, it was a spinoff. Oh, okay, okay. No, I didn't see it. I yeah, saw the first. Like, it, was, it was supposed to be first, like a prequel uh, or something. Okay. Oh, yeah. Anyway, back to RoboCop. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, like, I used to, when I was a kid, dude, and after watching that movie, RoboCop, hmm. I used to fantasize about, like, bullies beating the shit out of me and killing oh. me and then coming back as RoboCop. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, like, the, the, well, I mean, you used the word fantasize. <laughs> About, well, uh, you know, like when you, you, like when I was a kid, I used to like go to bed and then like I couldn't sleep, so I just kind of okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, you like know. fantasize yeah, about yeah. certain scenarios, right? Imagination, Not, nothing sexual, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, I'd be like, oh, you're fucking, you're kicking my ass, uh, and then I die, and then like I go to the hospital, and then they turn me into fucking Robo Dave or something, you know? And I come back to school the next day and I fucking slaughter them. Six million dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> just running around schoolyard shooting everybody in the dick. <laughs> this is just how it Robocop impacted my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was a good one. It definitely was well, I mean, like there there's a few ultra violent movies from like the late eighties, which was the style at the time. Um, that definitely put an impression on my young mind. Uh uh, Pet Cemetery is one that stands out. Zelda scared the hell out of me and has burned into my mind. Yeah. Um, the Predator ripping the dude's spine out. Uh, that's a big one. And uh, yeah, the hand exploding from Robocop. And, oh, yeah, you know, for can, sure. Dude. Can you fly, Bobby? Can you fly, Bobby? Oh, man. What a dick. Like his own guy is just like such a fucking asshole, dude. You got shot, but whatever. Son of a bitch. 
He's probably pissed off about, uh, you know, the money was burned or whatever. <clears throat> and you know how uh, one of my other favorite lines is... Uh... One ugly motherfucker. Okay. Yeah. That's the Predator one, yes. Yep. Dude, um, growing up in the 80s was the fucking bomb, dude. I bet. Well, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I came up in the 80s. I'd say I grew up more, like, you know, more more of my teen years were in the 90s than in the 80s. Yeah. Um, well, well, my teen years were in the 90s, too. But, like, it, it was just, like, like, people, the kids that I work with nowadays, like, in their early 20s are like, dude, it must have been fucking awesome growing up in the, in the 80s. And I'm like, it oh, was. yeah. Oh, yeah. Back in the 80s. When, and it's crazy. When because, action stars were men. Right. And they all had gigantic muscles that were unrealistic and they were bodybuilders. <laughs> or football players. When or, I was a kid in the 80s, I, it seemed like the 70s was such a long time ago. I know, right? But that's the thing. Like, you know, when you're coming <clears> up <throat> in it, like your, your concept of time is so... totally skewed because when you've been around for like 10 years... 10 years is all you know, right? And now we're like, oh, the 80s were 40 years ago. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm old. (laughs) I know. It's fucking crazy. Even the 2000s seemed like it was fucking yesterday, but it's 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, we're already like, you know, heavy into the 2020s. And then you think about the 1920s. Hey. We were already past one world war. Yeah. And everybody was wearing these stupid hats and bathing costumes. What the hell were they doing? Roaring 20s my ass. Everybody was stupid. Art Deco is pretty nice, though. And what were people doing like three years ago? Fucking wearing masks while they're driving? Oh, they're still doing that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I see that every so often. Yeah. <laughs> I saw somebody uh, in a parking lot and they. They clip. They were wearing a mask in their car, and they clipped a, a shopping cart with a baby in it. My God! And I turned over to the car and I looked at them, and I'm like, "Take your fucking mask off! You're blinding yourself!" Like, fuck, man. Was it on their eyes? <laughs> well, you well, if know, you got glasses, you get fogging. Exactly. But I'm pretty sure, like, you know, was was no like n- nobody attached to that uh, cart with the baby was saying anything. Oh, oh, we we all like kind of like jumped at them. Yeah, yeah, at the, yeah. At the car, yeah. We're like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, you don't want to be. It was like a mother and father and the kid in the cart in the seat in the cart, and then they yeah, clipped yeah, yeah. the the edge of the cart like the handle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got fucking furious, dude. Well, dude, when there's babies. Don't mess around. Yeah, and they didn't even fucking flinch. They didn't even look at us when we were yelling at them. Well, they probably felt bad enough if they knew what they were probably, doing. Probably, probably. They're like, oops, I fucked up. That's, oops, that's I'm just going to take off now. I hope they don't get my license plate. Yeah, they didn't see Fuck. my face. <laughs> Fuck, dude. But yeah, dude, like, RoboCop, undeniably one of the best fucking films ever made. I would agree. Well, I mean, it depends on, like, you know, what metric you're measuring it by, but it is definitely 
That's uh, just my own opinion. <laughs> it, it is definitely in my top three of all time. I don't know if I put it in my top three, but it is definitely a spectacular piece of 80s cinema and an incredible, like, it's one of them lightning in a bottle 80s movies that yeah. you, they've tried to replicate it and they've tried to do sequels and nothing has ever really come close to what Paul Verhoeven did. It's like, you know, like Ghostbusters or something, right? Where it's like, it was just this magic moment in time where it all came together and this perfect film came out of it that is just, you know, not for everyone, but those who like it, like it a lot. Definitely. And RoboCop is a big one for me. Definitely. It's it's in my top three, for sure. Yeah, what are the others? That's why I was so excited when you want to discuss this movie because I'll let you pick the three. movie, man. You pick yeah, it. Yes, that's true, right? <laughs> and that's going to be my main thing because like, hey, you want to be on Sci-Fi Philosophy? Get at me. Let me know what your favorite sci-fi movie is and we will talk about it. That's it, dude. And I'm sure on tangents. Uh, <laughs> when you connect with me and I, I'll like share this episode with people, people will, will want to get on. Well, I am happy to talk so, about philosophical things and I'll also analyze you and find your trauma, baby, because I've been reading. <laughs> get ready to have people uh, get ready to get busy. If you're okay. doing a podcast, I, I'm, I've been busy, you know. And that's the thing, like you're networking and like finding people all over. I haven't been beholden to a schedule because I'm just kind of starting this thing as a LARF. And like, I, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I work full time. I do music on the side. I'm trying to start a podcast. I have way too many creative endeavors that I want to like focus my time on. It's right. like I have ADHD or something. Right. Just far too many interests. I might have that too. I just don't, I haven't been diagnosed officially. Yeah, I was. Took me a long time too, but yeah. When were you no, diagnosed? Uh, last year. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Kind of a game changer. Well, like, okay, you know, why not? I'll tell my story here. So a few years ago, I'm reading all this stuff about ADHD. Or no, a few years ago, my kid gets diagnosed with ADHD uh, when he's in grade one, right? And. Uh, I started thinking, I'm like, oh, okay, like every, and like reading about it and uh, like, you know, finding things online and stuff and, you know, memes the entire time I've been like, oh, that sounds like me. Ha 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 ha. And then one day I'm talking to my mom and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, the kid got uh, diagnosed with ADHD. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, it's possible. I, like, it would make sense if I did. And she's just like, oh, you, you got diagnosed like as ADD when you were like seven, but they said you weren't a problem and like, you know, you weren't that big a problem. So they didn't put you on anything and uh, you were fine. And I'm like, Oh, well, I think that's good because I don't think people should be medicated for that. Well, I mean, uh, as far as ADHD medication is kind of like a frontline solution, but it's not a cure. Like it's not a cure. Of course. Or anything. It's something to control symptoms. So, yeah. But, I mean... You're not medicated for it, are you? No, I am, actually. Oh, you are? Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things that, like, I don't even notice it. And I'm not uh, on anything... Like, I, w- I would say... I- I'm not going to say what I'm on, but I- it's not anything strong. 
Okay, so it's not like and, uh, antipsychotic or anything. No, 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 nothing yeah. like that. I um, some if, of these kids get that. Uh, they get medications like antipsychotic meds, and I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, like fuck, that's psychotic. They just have racing thoughts. Well, anti like antipsychotic is uh, a class of medications, and not like you know as scary as it sounds. Right. But um, I don't know. Like me- medication can be a very helpful tool, but it's not the answer to everything. Sure. You know, I- I'm more of a. Like I, I would like to get like most days I forget meds to be honest, and uh, really the only thing I notice a difference with is um, you can focus a little bit more, and you know at this point it's like ten thirty at night, so I'm long gone off of uh, those working any kind of effectively. So this is very much ADHD me, which is why we can't really focus too much. Yeah, and that could We're be just it. All over the place to, a little I might bit. try to record one of these earlier in the day uh, at another point, but hey, I like tangents, and uh, I also like authenticity. So. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And that's that's what I do on my podcast, too. Like, I'm, I'm just myself, and I don't hold Well, you're back. 100 episodes in. Like, you know, if there was anything that was going to make you, like, you know, oh, yeah, this guy's a horrible person, you know, who should be like, <laughs> oh, uh, like, you know, somebody would have found it by now, I figure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but <clears throat> like, it's one of those things that, like, I think right now, because society has been through kind of a three-year collective trauma, there are all like you know how everybody says everybody's ADHD or everybody's a little ADHD. Yeah, um, I think yes, that's true. But if you knew what I know, and if you go and read, say, um, uh, it's a book by this guy Russell Barkley. Uh, I think it's like Taking Charge of Adult ADHD or something like that. Uh, but in that book, there's a chapter on statistics that are basically they list all of the symptoms associated with ADHD and the occurrence of those symptoms in the general population versus the instance of those symptoms in people with ADHD. And the numbers are fucking scary. It's like, right, you know, right. I forget my keys sometimes, you know, general population, like, you know, three to 12% ADHD, 90%. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah, everybody's a little ADHD, but ADHD people are a lot fucking ADHD. Yeah. But, you know, and, that book uh, also I, says people with ADHD shouldn't be allowed to drive because they're fucking psychopaths. And I'm like, I'm a great driver. I just have <laughs> road rage. <laughs> do you have bad road rage? I do. But that, and it's funny because that was when I got on meds, the first and pretty much only thing I've noticed has been a huge difference is like, I'm not a psychopath on the road. Right. And even when I was a psychopath on the road, I... Like, I've never been in a car accident. I just, like, yell in my car a lot. Okay, okay. See, I, I'm... as With driving, I'm very fucking patient. Mm. I don't yell a lot. Uh, only when it's really fucking necessary. Like, when I see some guy, like, fucking doing, like, a buck 40 in, like, a, a, a hundred or whatever. And I'm like... Or, like, or a buck 60. Team. And I'm like... Dude, relax, man. I'm like, yeah. you're gonna. F- I'm just like, I just Where's take my mom. Fire, my man? mom's. My mom's old saying was, I think I got my patient driving from my mom because she was like, 
Mm. When she saw somebody do that while I was in the passenger seat, she'd be like, oh, thanks. Go catch the cops for me. Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you know, a lot, a lot of our behavior, like everybody's behavior is 95% subconscious. Yeah. And uh, like all of us are running on programming that was kind of instilled in us by our parents from like, say, ages one to four. Right. Most behavior is just automatic stuff that we don't even understand what we're doing or why we're doing it. And we only pay attention when it's a problem. Yeah. And then people, you know, are turned 40 and they're like, ah, why am I such a crazy person? It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe you had stressed out parents. It was That's the, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like my dad, for, for example, like always stressed out. And me, mm. I was like, I'm not going to stress out. I'm not going to be like that, you know? So I, t- I turned the, the tables on that one. And that's I'm the like, thing. I don't stress you, out on, like, fucking hardly anything unless it's, yeah. like, really drastic. And that's the thing with modeling is that, uh, you know, <clears throat> everything comes down to individual choices because you see something and you either go, like, I want to be like that or I never fucking want to be like that. Right. That's the choices kids make. So, like, child abuse both causes and prevents child abuse, if you think about it. Oh, shit, like, yeah. If somebody gets abused, they're like, I never want to be like what happened. Like, I exactly. never want to do to my kid what happened to me. And some people just do it automatically and don't know what they're doing. That's a really good point, yeah. Yeah, and that's why everything comes back to trauma. It's all yin and yang, too, right? Oh, balance is... that. That's the thing to strive and aim for. That's Balance is what we should be aiming for because you're never going to get rid of bad things and you're never going to have all good things. But if you can have acceptable, I can deal with this and I'm good with this things, that's the life to aim for is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, balancing, balancing the light and the dark. That's what I've had episodes on my podcast about that Mm. numerous times. And it's like, that's the, that's kind of the message that I actually really preach is, Dude, you can't go fully toward the light, and you can't go fully toward the dark. Well, yeah, you want to have one foot in uh, the black side, you want to have one foot in the white side, and you want to walk the path. Because if you're in the dark, if you're in the darkness, if you're in the darkness, everybody, a lot of people are in in the darkness, but you also have to, like, try to strive a little bit more towards the light where you could be a better person and treat other people like you want to be treated. And so that's where the light and the dark come into play where, you know, what's that fucking song? I think it's Katy Perry. Hmm. And I, I don't like pop music, but uh, she says something like, uh, she said something like uh, everybody has a dark side. Do you like mine? Right. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, everybody does have a dark side. Yeah, that's just like, you know, back to like, say, Carl Jung, like, you know, integrate the shadow self and stuff. With everybody everybody you know, wears a mask every day. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But I love it. I love the balancing act. I think it's fucking fun. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's kind of running around, bumping into each other, going like, hey, do you know what you're doing? And they go, yeah. And they go, hey, do you know what you're doing? Yeah, totally. But nobody really knows what they're doing. We're just kind of running around, bumping each other, into each other, just sort of like operating on our current best guess and hopefully trying to do your best 
to, you know, be a decent person and not fuck anything up. Like, be cool. Don't be a dick. Absolutely. How does this all, and let me, let me drum up this question. How does this all, this whole conversation that we just had the past 10 minutes, how does that relate to RoboCop? Well, I mean, what does it mean to be human? And what does it mean to be a good person? Because RoboCop kind of goes on a revenge kick. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not necessarily something I agree with. But the idea behind it is sort of justice for injustice and an eye for an eye. But an eye for an eye leaves the world blind. So, I mean, you know, should a robot be allowed to kill people? I feel like probably not. That should be something like, you know, Asimov's rules is like robots can't kill people. Yeah. Or hurt people. And I think that got thrown out the window for Robocop. But I definitely think that, uh, you know, trauma results in repressed psycho or not psychosis, but like, you know, repressed problems with the psyche of putting a human brain in a robot body because that robot body's going to remember what happened to it. And, uh, you know... Eventually, he, yeah. Like, he, self-aware, right? Well, yeah. And he does what he has to do to set things right. He goes after the people who kills him, and he takes them all in. Or kills them. Mostly kills them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the end. Oh, dude. They'll fix you. They yeah. fix everything. Murphy, it's you. It's you. Yeah. That's a good movie. It's such a good movie. But yeah, like, you know. And I really want to watch it again very soon. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> After wa- talking about it's, it. It's definitely a good one to watch. But I think it's, uh, it's sort of a, you know, if you think about it, it's a metaphor for uh, uncovering trauma. And it is like repressed yeah. memory and stuff. It absolutely so, is. That in spite of programming and cybernetics and a metal body, humanity will come through. Yeah. And that's that's you know by the end of and like you know just the last line of the movie. It's just like, what's your name, son? Murphy. Murphy. It's just like, you know, that that's, I'm not RoboCop, I'm a dude. Yeah, right? like, it's so fucking awesome, man. And like, I remember who I am and what I am, and then they end up dealing with it in the second movie. Yeah. Which I gotta rewatch also. Another one movie. of my favorite, <clears throat> another one of my favorite, let's talk, start talking about the different scenes. Sure. One of my favorite scenes is when he... Uh, Lewis takes off his helmet, or he's mm-hmm. taking off his helmet, and then and the she's trying to disappears. <laughs> yeah, and she's trying to like realign. He's trying to realign his targeting system. Yeah, yeah, with the baby feet. Right? But it's so cool how him and Lewis interact there because now he's fully aware that he is Murphy, right? Mm-hmm. So like the, his human side is way more abundant than. Yeah, like he's having a conversation while right? he's like recalibrating yeah. you know, his fucking Wemo. It's such a great it's such a great scene though, because like now it's like, yeah, okay, Robocop was like going around and fucking people up, 
but now he's Murphy again and his human side is there and that's the the side that we as a as the viewer really enjoy is well, yeah, him becoming more self-aware yeah, yeah yeah you got to know him a little bit you know he had a kid he had a wife and then you got you watch him get blown away he was trying to do the right thing and then he's been through all this and he doesn't know what's going on he goes to his house he punches the screen he makes the face you know <laughs> that face having yeah. a hard time with that TV realtor. The thing about the remake, though, <clears throat> is that it's like <laughs> it's such a traumatic experience in the original when when Murphy dies, and then yeah, in the remake, like, it's I'm like gonna open this car door because I'm stupid. Yeah, boom! Like really? It's like I'm gonna go check the car outside. Are you, are, are you sure, fool? Aren't you a cop? Shouldn't <laughs> you call somebody if you spe- suspect something happened? Like. It was so like they had to get them. They had to keep it under two hours. They also had to keep it not not as traumatic. They weren't going for trauma. Yeah, I guess. Uh, But the one thing I did love about the remake was when the fucking music came in when he's in the office. Yeah, I was like, okay, now it's on, buddy. So the remake wasn't bad at all. No, I thought it was it was pretty okay. It was unnecessary. It was not as good as the original, but it wasn't trying to be the original other than using the main character's name. Right. Like aside from that, it's and you know, I think maybe it was set in Detroit or something, but it was a completely different movie both philosophically and like plot-wise. Like mm-hmm. it was totally like they've got like whoever this Antoine Valen guy or whatever is like the bad guy, and it was more about philosophical questions I think in the remake. But it was uh, what the hell was the guy's name uh, who did it? Um, it? Was the guy who did the raid? I think uh, the director of uh, the remake. Yeah, because he, he's like a South American dude who like he, oh. he hadn't made a whole lot of American movies or whatever, and he but he had done like like The Raid and The Raid 2, I think, and the uh, like, action-packed movies. Like, if you think about the warehouse scene in the remake... Jose Padilla. Yes. But, and was it The Raid or, like, something else? I assume you're looking it up. I am. Um, excuse me. Um, I feel like it's not The Raid. Uh, bus? Like- bus? No. Uh, Elite Squad 2? Yeah, you didn't do much before Robocop. Maybe it is Elite Squad that I'm thinking of. Hmm. Yeah, Elite Squad and Elite Squad 2. Which were like these uh, South American kind of the raid uh, like, you know, army kind of movies. What did you think of the comparison between the suit of the original and the suit of the remake? Um, I liked how I they mean, were going through different designs in the remake. Yeah, and they had the nod to the original in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember thinking I thought it was cool that it was black. And then when I saw the, like, because I saw set pics and stuff, it was filmed in, uh, what, Hamilton? Somewhere near Toronto. It was filmed in Ontario for sure. Um, 
but like I remember when set pics came out of like the first scene they were filming in public, which was when they were revealing Robocop to the public and he does like the jump and like arrests a guy in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the black suit, I was just like, okay, that, that could be kind of cool. But I was also like, you know, they're probably going to do something with it in post to make it look sleeker or do something different with it. And they right. did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The set pics that I had seen. But cool. there was the line in it where uh, uh, Michael Keaton is just like, how about we do it in black? Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, Michael Keaton would say that, wouldn't he? Of course. And, and Which was, was also cool. That, but there was also a line in the movie that was sort of like a send-up of Hollywood where he's just like, we've got a release date. And like, you know, I don't care what you have to do. Just make it, make it do that by this time. We've got a public to, you know, please or whatever. Right, right. Which, I don't know, I took that as sort of like a, a send-up of Hollywood and release dates. Yeah, plus everything was black and sleek, right? Mm-hmm. Like the and car, like he got his also, own fancy like motorcycle and shit. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. fucking bad, really. Not fucking bad. Well, like, I gotta watch that, because, like, anybody, like, dude, you got Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Keaton, fucking Jay Baruchel, uh, whatever, Alex Kinnaman, yeah, 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 um, uh, Joel Kinnaman, don't forget about my man, Jackie Earl Haley. Okay, he's okay. I love that guy. He's an awesome dude, actually, uh, I've, I've, I've actually had interactions with him online, Nice. Uh, he, he he runs a pretty cool face like his personal Facebook group yeah. is pretty small and intimate, but like he he he's he's a swell guy and a really really good actor. Uh, that 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 Nightmare on Elm Street remake was shit, but that's not his. Oh fault. yeah yeah yeah. It's yeah. not his fault. He did the best he could, but it was just a shit script. It was yeah. And I, I remember being very disappointed in that. And I hope that somebody at some point does something else. Like, I'm not big on uh, Hollywood reusing properties over and over and over, but I figure enough people have played in the Freddy sandbox that it's fine if somebody ruins it. It's been ruined five times. Right. Flaming dog piss. In the I just, I always liked Jackie or Haley from Bad News Bears. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you know, like Rorschach, his turn as Rorschach was amazing. <clears throat> oh, yes, absolutely. Amazing. Totally amazing. He's a good fucking actor, man. He he was in this movie. I forget what it's called, but it had um. Oh my god, the guy that played uh, John Connor in uh, Terminator Three. Uh, I'm gonna look it up right now. Bastard, fuck Nick Stahl. Nick Stahl, yeah. Yeah. Great fucking movie that Jackie Earl Haley was in. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Um, but Jackie Earl Haley played a pedophile in this movie. Oh, and he was really fucking like. Oh, it's oh, called little. little it's called little children. Little children. Little yeah. children. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Really good fucking movie. Yeah, that was and, the one that uh, I think like kind of put him on the map. Yeah. And. Uh, <sighs> Oh yeah, he, movie, he, he did like he yeah, oh like you're saying bad news bears and stuff like that was when he was a kid. Yes. 
Yeah. He played Kelly. He was like the older kid in the, yeah. in the baseball, in the baseball on the baseball team. Yeah. And he right. rode a motorcycle, and all the kids were like, "Oh my god!" You know. Hmm. But he was like the the badass of the fucking bunch. Yeah, I don't think he, like I don't think he had like was he like I remember Little Children was like sometime I don't know like maybe mid two thousands or something. But like, was he in anything in the nineties? Like uh, Jack Arrow Haley. By yeah. the way, Nick Stahl wasn't in Little Children. It was uh, Patrick Wilson I was thinking about. Okay, well, Nick Stahl was uh, the guy who said Yeah, so... Uh, Jack Earl Haley... No, because he had a falling out in the, in the 80s and 90s, and he kind of re-emerged in the 2000s. Huh. As an adult, though. Oh, he's in, like... Yeah, he's in, like, TV shows, uh, like... Mag- he was on Mag- one episode of MacGyver, Murder She Wrote, but very low key. And then he kind of reemerged when he did, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Watchmen, hmm. which was late two thousands. Yeah, yeah, it was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something. Two thousand nine, yeah. Yeah, but Little Children was before that, I think. That that was like two thousand five. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Little Children was uh, 2006, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. We've gotten off of Robocop, but I think it's probably, you know, we can wrap this up. But I got some follow-up questions at the end. My ending questions. Sure. All right. Number one, and I know, I, I feel like I've heard this from you before, but, uh, you know, I'm leaving time for it. You ever seen a ghost? Uh, I've never seen a ghost. Okay. But I have heard them, that's for sure. Okay. If you want to check out the Red Pill Cartel episode one, you'll hear all my stories about that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I, I remember that like you were talking about like, you heard ghosts screaming at you from another room. Oh, yeah. Oh, or yeah. Just, like, from, like, the the of, from the top of the stairs, it screamed my name. Damn. It's, uh, okay. It was pretty fucking scary. But I've had uh, numerous occasions where I, this house that I grew up in, in uh, the early 90s, actually late 80s, early 90s, and uh, yeah, I heard this voice once, and I heard it again, which screamed at me, and then I heard it again with somebody else, and she heard it with me. Oh, damn. Yeah. And then I contacted her on Facebook, like, years later, and she denied that that it happened. <laughs> okay. Well, some people don't, uh, you know, you, you know, when something happens that you can't explain, uh, most people will explain it away or, uh, you know, repress it or, you know, just, I don't want to look, you know, kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. But then uh, I go visit that. Then I go visit the house. Like, a year ago mm. from right now and the people that are currently living in that house have heard voices and had experiences as well mm. so it kind of fucking confirmed everything that i grew up with you know yeah and like i'm pretty wild i'm i'm more of a like i don't believe in ghosts per se or i've never seen a ghost um, I've had things that happened that I can't explain, but nothing that makes me believe that there are people walking around and uh, trying to 
do things or like, right. you know i believe in energy not energy, necessarily sure. i'm a big believer in energy and energy yeah. traces yeah i don't think all consciousnesses are uh, running around right but, right right, yeah. right yeah but everything is everything and anything can look like anything and you can like something can happen to you and you can perceive it as something that you know you, you'll interpret it and make up a story that works for you and if it works for you great because if it doesn't work for you then that's how you get lovecraftian insanity absolutely yeah it's like if if you are met with things that you cannot explain your brain will break completely yeah you could go insane you you need to put it into a story like uh, nightmare on elm street uh, new nightmare or whatever like you know you need to capture your demons inside of stories for sure that's a secret uh, question number two: What's your favorite kind of hot sauce? Um, the best hot sauce I've had was uh, ghost peppers with uh, peach. Ghost peppers with peach. Was this yes. just like a homemade sauce, or like is it, it was is it no? Brand? I used to I used to work at a butcher shop. Okay. And they had all kinds of fucking hot sauces on top of the like the 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 deli cabinet or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the owner, the owner of the shop was, he would encourage us to kind of test out these hot sauces. And, uh, I've tested all of them and that was my favorite one. And it was bottled, I believe in Niagara Falls. Cool. Yeah. And that was the best dude. I used to take, uh, you know, those, um, like breaded sausage rolls you could get like at Raba or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I would, I would, I would warm one and of those up. Ra- I call it Rob. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, totally. <laughs> hey, sometimes but, uh, they have a subway in there. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd take one of those sausage rolls because the butcher shop, they would, he would make his own recipe with uh, the sausage rolls. Mm-hmm. I grab one of those, warm it up, and dip the fucking sausage roll in the peach ghost pepper sauce. The fucking bomb. Probably. Oh man, I love ghost peppers. So good. I think uh, there's. Uh, I love spicy in general. Oh, me too. But uh, Melinda's is a ghost pepper sauce that I really like, and I think you can usually get those at like PC brand stores. It's like six bucks a bottle. They're amazing, but it's uh, like the Melinda's Butt Jolokia ghost pepper sauce or whatever. Um, oh, makes, you wanna, makes your asshole want to pucker her prolapse. Well, it's the ghost pepper. Come on, it's going to kill you. It, it tastes <laughs> the same on the way out. <laughs> yeah, it all tastes the same to the toilet. It's true. Yeah. What's well, funny, though? Think about it this way. Or this is a joke my kid told me that uh, it definitely had me on my ass, literally and figuratively. But, uh, all right. When you say poop, your mouth is doing the same thing your butt does when it does that. It absolutely does, yeah. Poop. It puckers. And I'm like, oh, I mean, like, nothing came out, but like, poop. Ah, Okay, kid, you got me. No, it's a, it's not it doesn't pucker it's a reversal of the pucker. Ah. Right? Well you're still expelling air. Pucker you know. pucker puckering is like well, well I guess it's a pucker. Yeah. 
you, you think pucker, <laughs> I think like, you know, lemon, I think like a sucking in kind yeah, of like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Like a, but no, like a this, is a, face. this is a blowing out kind of thing. Poop. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Anybody who has a dog has seen that thing winking at them. <laughs> oh God, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That dude. seems like as good a place as any to cut yeah. her off. But, any, you know, best quote from Robocop. <sighs> There's too many, wow. I know. I know. There's so fucking many, dude. I'm gonna go with I'd buy that for a dollar because that's everybody what everybody knows. Yeah, or you know, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Drop it. Mm, your move, creep. Your move, creep. Yo, you know, another one was um, buddy. I think you're slime. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we've covered them all. I think so. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure Dick. chatting with you. We yes, uh, you as the, well. Uh, the Red Pill Cartel podcast. Davey Wavy 2112 up in here, up in here. Yeah, dude, I'm not going to stop. So keep an eye out for me. No, man, you, you are I got a, episode 100. I'm about 104 right now, and I just yeah. started my new roundtable. It's probably going to be once a month. It's called Goats of the Roundtable. I saw yeah, it's fun. It was fun. We got really silly on that one, shit. But I will check that out. We get it's uh, it's 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 kind of strays away from uh, what I usually do with one guest per episode, but yeah. I get like f- at least four people on, and we just get silly with it. So it's it's going to be a fun time. Sounds like fun. And you can find me at. Uh, Red Pill Cartel Podcast on Instagram and uh, yeah, link is in the bio on my link tree and you can find me everywhere where your heart so desires. Nice. Alright, well it's been a pleasure having you. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll have to have you on again soon. Think of another movie. Oh dude, we're yeah, we're gonna run this shit, don't worry. Well, I guess I don't know how to cut these things off, but uh, I guess we will see you on another time. Absolutely. All right. Later, yo. Later, man. (laughs) 